started to do TikToks and I started to do anxiety tips, my TikToks kind of blew up and people were messaging me and they were saying, you know, thank you so much. Your tips help me so much when I'm feeling anxious. I really appreciate it. And it brought joy to my heart again because it brought me back to who I am at my roots. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Julie Reynolds about her background in counseling and dealing with anxiety and how it's been able to help her navigate motherhood, help other families, and even start a series of children's books. Before this episode begins, I just want to say thank you so much for listening, and I also want to talk about an event we currently have going on right now. This event is for mamas who are either currently trying to conceive, are pregnant, or in the early postpartum stage, and may have some trauma in their life that they're looking to release. We go through 30 ways in 30 days of how to heal your trauma. You'll get a workbook, and you'll listen to the daily mini episodes of the podcast that correspond to this unique experience. I hope that you know that you are not alone in this and that you deserve this time to heal. If you want more information on this, please go to the Entering Motherhood website or feel free to reach out to me with any questions. And with that, let's get this episode started. Hello and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I'm glad to have you here and get the conversation started. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Julie Reynolds. I'm super excited to be here today. So thank you so much for having me. What an honor. Um, a little bit about me is I am a mom of two girls. They're they're a little bit older now. I can't believe it. They're 9 and 11. Um, <laughs> and I've also been a school counselor teacher, licensed professional counselor for over 15 years. And so, um, you know, I fell into this online space myself many years ago and have since retired from being in the schools, but still have found ways to help kids and, you know, offer some of my services the best way that I can. So I'm excited to be here and looking forward to kind of sharing a little bit my motherhood journey with you and a little bit about what I'm up to. Yeah, yeah. Glad to have you here. And so you said that your daughters are 9 and 11. Yes. So thinking back 11 years ago, what was that journey like for you when you first entered motherhood? Well, it was really hard. Um, I'm going to be honest, and I think it's something that people don't talk about all the time. You know, people are like, oh, enjoy every second of it. And you're like, okay, but I'm not sleeping. I'm exhausted. And I have a crying baby, you know, 24-7. I'm not enjoying this. Like, what happened to my life pre-kids? And so I think it's important, you know, now looking back and, and seeing what mothers are going through, that it's important to highlight that it's not always easy, you know, well, it... Well, it's something that we're, you know, gifted with, and it's something I would never change for a million dollars, so to speak, but it's, it's definitely life altering and it's not easy and it takes time to adjust. Yeah. I think that's something that, like you said, it's not very talked about. It's something that I try to push for and really try to emulate what this time period is like. 
and recognize, you know, there are those hard days, there are those hard moments. And it's something that I think we need to talk about more so that we don't feel alone in the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a loss too, right? I mean, like, let's be honest, there's a loss of your former life. It Life as you knew it will never, ever, ever be the same. It will get, you know, it's a different type of life. It's an amazing life. It's an enriching life. But that, you know, carefree days. I remember when I brought my daughter home for the first night and she was sleeping in the bassinet, like right next to me. And I was hearing every little breath that was coming out of her mouth. And that since that thought ran through my head of, I will never sleep as well as I did ever again. And I think that is true. (laughs) I mean, even though, you know, my kids are now sleeping through the night and, you know, things are a little bit easier in that direction, there is still that constant worry that we have as moms. And I don't know if my, if my nights of, you know, restful sleep will ever be quite the same as it was pre-children. Yeah. I think, you know, how you said it, that like carefree days, Um, my husband just recently was like, I just want to sleep in until nine. And like to like say that, you know, like nine o'clock sounds like a sleeping in luxury is is so crazy to comprehend for somebody, you know, pre-babies, like pre-parenting to think like, oh, wow, just sleeping in one day out of the week could be amazing right (laughs) I always said I always said if I could be a mom six days a week I would be the most amazing mom in the entire (laughs) world but I want a full 24 hours off right like how great would that be if you could be a mom six days a week and then get like one full 24 hour period to like recoup right yeah And it's just, yeah, it's like one of those things, maybe you work like five days a week, things like that, but like you're always on the job when you're a parent. It's always something that is constantly kind of running through your head and and you're dealing with. And even, you know, like you said, like yours are sleeping through the night and they're definitely past that stage, but it's still, you're always a parent and it's something that you're always going to be going through no matter like what stage, you know, there's like that. Right now, like I said, I have a newborn, like that little itty bitty stage. And then it's just progressing and learning all the steps there are after that point. And we're always learning, right? And it's every stage is very different than the next. You know, while I'm sleeping through the night, now I've got like a preteen and her, some of her behaviors, like all of a sudden she's blowing her hair and making sure that her hair looks good. And I'm like, what happened? Who is this kid? You know, you know, it was before I had to like force her to get in the shower. And so it's just amazing to see, you know, the progression in terms of, you know, everybody's development, but obviously watching your own children. What has been your favorite stage or age? Oh, goodness. I mean, I feel like we're probably somebody had said, and I think it's true, maybe last year, the year before when my daughter was nine and like seven is like that sweet spot where you can go traveling and they're able to take care of themselves a little bit more. And I remember somebody saying like, we've hit the sweet spot with our kids. And I was like, oh, I'm so close. I'm so close. And it was the sweet spot. But each each phase is a little bit different. Like now, you know, now we can have like real conversations Um but I get a little bit of the attitude that I wish I did not necessarily have. 
but each 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 stage is definitely you know unique and different you know the days of it's funny when I had my second and I remember it was so much harder with my second two is so much harder than one which I knew and I was very scared for that I remember thinking when I had my second, what was I, what was so hard about having a newborn? I mean, obviously, because you don't know anything, everything is so hard, but once you get the hang of it and it becomes second nature to you, changing the diapers, feeding, you know, all of those things, I was like, this newborn thing is so easy. It's my two-year-old that's so challenging and making this, you know, terrible two things so much harder with a you know with a newborn at home so you know it's amazing you get the hang of it and like I said you wouldn't trade it for the world but you know it definitely comes with no instructions and a lot of learning yeah yeah it's funny that you said you know two is harder than one because a lot of the times like you know when we were pregnant with our second and like approaching his birth and whatnot uh, people were like, oh, it's it's so much easier because like you've already done it before and this and that. And in some aspects, yes, the changing the diapers, the dealing with all that stuff, you know, that was easy. But now you're navigating this whole new territory. And like you said, you're still having another child who is growing and progressing and doing all these new things that you've never had to deal with before and experience before. So it's kind of like every stage comes with their own little experience and challenge and excitement so totally and you don't get to nap you know like when the baby was napping before and it was just one it was like oh okay I'll just lay down I remember I had like a routine like the first nap I was like okay I'm gonna get my exercise in the second nap I'm gonna lay down you know the third nap I'm gonna make dinner and now when you have two it's like wait a second there is no napping whatsoever there is no whatsoever you know it was all then you're dividing and conquering and trying to, you know, manage and juggle too. So it definitely, somebody told me once, one is fun and two is a chore, which I don't agree with. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I do think two is, you know, two, what I've heard is from two to three is not that big of a jump. One to two is a bigger jump. So I don't, yeah. I, I only have two to speak of. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like everybody's different. Everybody's going to like, you know, experience things in their own way. But um, I think two is good for us right now. So we'll, we'll see how, how things go in the future. But tell me about, you know, your process of the book and, and how that came about and what that was like and your daughters helped illustrate it. What went on there? So, um, like I said, I've worked in the schools for 15 years and I have since retired from being in the schools. Um, I, you know, I've turned into an online entrepreneur and I, I like to say TikTok made me do it. I know that sounds horrible, but because I do build businesses online through social media, um, I am on TikTok. And TikTok, when I started to do TikToks and I started to do anxiety tips, my TikToks kind of blew up and people were messaging me and they were saying, you know, thank you so much. Your tips help me so much when I'm feeling anxious. I really appreciate it. And it brought joy to my heart again because it brought me back to who I am at my roots, which is obviously a licensed professional counselor, school counselor for many years. And then I saw a TikTok about how easy it is to publish a book on Amazon. And I was like, oh, well, I could publish a kid's book on Amazon, you know, and maybe I could do one on anxiety. And so I kind of went down this like, oh, who knows, maybe. And I spoke with a girlfriend of mine who had actually published a kid's book on Amazon. And she was telling me that it really wasn't that complicated not to overthink it. And I said, okay, well, we're 
where did you get your illustrator? And she said, well, my niece is actually my illustrator. And I was telling my now 11 year old, she was 10 at the time. I was telling her this and she said, well, mom, and she's really creative. She loves this app on um, her iPad called Procreate. And she said, well, mom, I would like to be your illustrator. And I was like, hmm, are you sure? And she was like, no, like, I really think I want to be your illustrator. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to hold you to it. And so that's kind of how it all came about. Then my eight-year-old, now nine-year-old at the time was like, well, I want to do it as well. And I was like, you know, I don't know if she has quite the stamina um, to do, you know, to really illustrate an entire book. But she, um, in each picture, she has a little hidden um, picture in it. And so she drew the hidden picture in it. And so it's been, you know, it actually brings me more joy to see their work than it is to say that I'm like a published author because it truly is like a family book where we all do it together. And it's super fun. And so we've got our second book coming out. And, you know, it's it's a family affair. So it's really, really fun. And it's been really exciting. Yeah, that's so special that you were able to do that with your daughters and have that there as an experience for you all to really jump into. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. And I'm so proud of them. And, you know, it's instilling that entrepreneurial spirit that I'm so passionate about. And at the same time, they've learned about royalties and, you know, just just to have that and say that they've been able to be a part of it it makes my heart so happy. (laughs) Who is the character Alex? Is that just someone that you all have kind of set on is that a significance for anything or no Alex it's so funny I let the girls decide um we have you know like who's the character so the next character is Bella we're gonna go girl boy girl boy you know we wanted to represent boys because sometimes girls are always represented with anxiety but boys have them too and so um they're like the next one needs to be a C name and so there's actually no real rhyme or reason to the names that we came up with um wanted to make it as you know as inclusive as possible as more than anything else that's awesome so let's kind of break down the strategies that are in alex's backpack and you know where do they stem from why are those so effective when dealing with anxiety and um how have you seen them you know in your own practice Yeah, sure. So I'm a big believer, and especially when it comes to anxiety and cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a therapeutic approach that therapists use, and it's um, very known and well, you know, and anxiety is treated very well with this therapeutic approach. So a lot of the strategies that I talk about in the book are based on cognitive behavioral therapy. And what happens with anxiety is it's our body's way of protecting ourselves. It's our body's way of saying, oh my gosh, I'm in danger fight or flight, fight or flight, right? And so what we want to do when we have anxiety is we want to actually bring us back to that present moment because we're thinking of what could happen, what may happen, what, you know, that futuristic things of, oh my goodness. And so the strategies in the book are very easy, tangible strategies that kids and adults alike, (laughs) um, I've had adults tell me how well the strategies work as well, even though it's a kid's book, um, just kind of, you can take them with you. You can take them throughout your day because sometimes anxiety hits us when we least expect it. And so it's really about activating what we call our parasympathetic nervous system and bringing us back to that present moment. So the four strategies throughout the book that Alex is dealing with while he's at school are strategies that he, you know, any of us can use to kind of bring us back into that 
that present moment and activate our parasympathetic nervous system. Can we talk about any of them or is it? I'm happy to give one or two, but we've got to have them read the book too. (laughs) I think my favorite one was the hand breathing. I feel like that's something that's very practical and easy to follow. Yeah. So we call it like the mountain breathing. And so you take your hands, um, spread your fingers up wide and you breathe in through your nose and then down, you know, out your mouth. And you keep doing that while you're tracing your hands with your other finger. And so what that's going to do is it's going to help calm your breathing because a lot of times what happens when we're having a panic attack is like, <gasps> you know, and, and, we're, and we're doing shallow breathing, this is going to help activate so that you're having your deep breathing going on. And it's also going to help you focus with your finger and tracing your finger. Um, it's going to help, you know, kind of bring you back into that present moment, like I mentioned. So it is definitely one that kids and adults alike, I was, I was just saying before we, you know, started recording, my girlfriend messaged me. She's like, I'm taking my puppy. She did not want this puppy. Her kids wanted the puppy. And she's like, I'm taking my puppy for a walk and it's giving me anxiety and I'm using my hand strategy right now. <laughs> it's something you always have with you, right? Cause you always have your hands. And so it's super easy to kind of pull out and help calm you down. Yeah, I love that. Has there ever been, well, I mean, I guess it's like sort of an obvious question, but like in your own motherhood experience, you know, what moments have you felt your anxiety kind of creeping up and how have you learned to kind of function with that? as you've progressed in motherhood? Oh, I mean, of course. I mean, there's so much. And and for me, like, I mean, even like when, you know, when your kids are running and you're like, oh my God, they're going to get hurt. And, you know, like that to me causes so much anxiety because the last thing we want is for our kids to get hurt. And so, um, you know, the true statements, one of the other techniques that we talk about in the book and, you know, like, I use the true statements. Like, what do I know? Like my kid is going to be safe. If even if they fall down, you know, like what is the worst case that happens, especially as we have little toddlers running and you just want to like catch them and help them, you know? And so, um, you know, practicing those true statements, um, has helped me a ton (laughs) and I would be lying if I didn't say I haven't done all of the strategies that are used inside of the book at some point. And, you know, more importantly, I've taught my kids how to do those same strategies. And so it's been, um, they've been helpful for all parties involved. Yeah, I definitely know anxiety was something that really hit me harder entering motherhood and and stepping into that role. And like you said, you know, like you're constantly worried, you know, are they going to roll off of this? Are they going to hit that? Are they going to hurt themselves? And it's, it's just all these what ifs, how could, like, like all running and racing through your head. So I think, you know, when we're able to one, like recognize that those thoughts are there, how you were saying, like to protect us and help us. And, you know, like it's just coming up like naturally. Right. So I think, you know, one, just recognizing that and being aware of it. And then two, like being able to find techniques like this that we can help navigate through it and really um, help us process that I think is so beneficial. And knowing that there, you know, there are ways to heal almost from it or there are ways to help cope with it. So it's not, you know, overtaking our life and being something that's so prevalent in our life that we can't function and, you know, get on the bus, (laughs) so to speak. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's important. You know, what I like to say is anxiety is definitely treatable. It is something that you do not need to suffer, you know, going through. There is help out there. If, you know, if, if medication is the route that you feel is going to help you, if, if it's debilitating and it's stopping you from doing what you want to be doing in life, you know, living the life to your fullest, then definitely seek help especially as a mom, as a brand new mom, like there's so much newness that's going on. And like you said, your anxiety is like off the charts. What if, how, what happens? Oh my gosh, you know? And so it's important that if you are struggling with anxiety or any type of mental health issues that you seek the help and the, you know, and the strategies that are necessary. I always recommend, you know, talk to your if it's a child, talk to your child's pediatrician. If it's you, you know, talk to your primary care physician. See if you can get some referrals. But there is help through um, means to help you kind of deal with it, cope with it, and so that you don't need to live with it 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, you know, my daughter is only two, and then now we have the littlest one. But I think it's one of those things where I I can only imagine what it would be like to see your child suffering from anxiety and going through that and and not understanding, you know, like they're the ones with the anxiety, but it's also weighing on you as a parent and and being able to get the resources needed to help them and learn how to process that if that has never been something that you really suffered from yourself and being able to recognize it in them, I think can be you know, helpful as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I like to say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So if we have anxious parents, typically we have anxious kids. Um, Our kids feed off of our energies and they sense all that we, (laughs) all that we're feeling. And so, you know, it's important as a mom too, like you don't want to, you know, you don't want to inadvertently pass it on to your kids. And so it's also a great strategy to learn and to share with your kids that we get help when we need it, right? If, if your child or you had strep throat, of course you would go to the doctors and get the help that's needed to cure your strep throat. Like mental health is no different and it's important that we normalize that and let, you know, parents and moms know. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, like normalizing it and making it be like something you know, I don't want to say simple, but something as normal as going to the doctor for some like strep throat. You know, I think we sometimes not shrug it off, but we don't really process it or register it in the same way. We don't see it as something that we can go and seek help for. It's just, oh yeah, I, I've had that. I, I thought that like that before, just get over it. All my life. Yep. All my, <laughs> life. All my life. It's just who I am. You know, like I'm yeah. just an anxious person. It's just who I am. Right. Um, and we don't need to be that anxious person. There are strategies. There are things that you can do to feel better. Doesn't mean that you don't like anxiousness is a feeling that we all have. Right. And it's normal. Having anxiety is not normal and it's something that you can work through. Yeah. So what's the next book that's coming? You said Bella was the name of it. Bella has the blues. (laughs) And it's the warrior backpack. Bella has the blues. And it talks about things to do when we're feeling sad and we're feeling down. Again, same strategies that we can use. You know, it's whether you're a kid or whether you're an adult, um, it really 
you use the same strategies, you know, and so it's the same process. Um, you know, somebody said, will you make one for like teenagers? And I was like, no, that would require me to like really write really long books. You know, <laughs> it's not that the strategies would be any different. It would be that the content inside of the book has to be a lot more robust. So um, this one is about how to cheer ourselves up when we're feeling like we're got the blues or feeling down. And it talks a little bit about depression and how to, you know, what to look for in symptoms and all of that for parents. It's got a parent guide in the back. Um, to talk about that, but in the book, Bella's just feeling a little bit blue and, you know, some strategies she can do to help cheer her up. I love that. That's so fun. And again, your daughters are illustrating this one? They did. Yep. They, uh, full on illustrations and it will be available on Amazon. Perfect. That is so fun. So what would be something that looking back, you know, when you were first entering motherhood that you would want new moms to know or even, you know, if you could go back to your past self and and sort of kind of give a word of advice or just kind of emulate something specific, what would that be? Um, I think for me, the biggest thing that I would love to be able to pass on to brand new moms is self-care is not selfish. I know for myself, I always felt a little bit guilty when I was taking care of myself and when I was doing things for me. And it's, it's important for moms to know that the captain of the ship, so to speak, can't go down. And the only way the captain of the ship can't go down is if the captain is practicing self-care and making sure that they're doing some selfless things for themselves, you know, things that are just for themselves so that they don't lose their identity either. Go out with your girlfriends, have those nights out, make sure that you're still doing some of your hobbies that you did pre-motherhood. It's important that you don't get lost in all things your children. It's important to have your life too. And it doesn't make you a bad mom to have those things. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. Like specifically when you said, you know, like it doesn't make you a bad mom to be doing those things and to be taking care of you and putting yourself, you know, on that list of who needs to be cared for. So what are some self-care practices that you like now? Oh goodness. I mean, this afternoon I'm going to get a massage that, uh, I'm sorry, a manicure. That's always, and massages are really good too. Obviously that was like a Freudian slip over there. Like massages, definitely go get yourself a massage. Um, I'm all about getting my manicures. That to me is my therapy. Um, making sure that I take time to exercise, you know, multiple times a week because I feel better when I do it. Um, you know, for me personally, I'm a better mom because I do work. I'm not, you know, I'm, whether you choose to work, whether you choose not to work, it doesn't matter. You need to do what's best for you. But for me personally, I am a better mom because I do have, you know, my work to fall back on. And so those are kind of the things that I, I do and continue to do and wish that I did more of when I was younger because it's it's really, really, you guys are in the trenches, so to speak. You are in the jungle and you are hacking away over there. And I applaud you all because I know the struggle is real. While the rewards are great, it's really, really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something this time around with our second that I really pushed myself to get to do those things, even if, you know, he's by my side doing some of them for now, you know, I still have 
gone out and, you know, went places or even just walked around somewhere, got myself out of the house while on maternity leave before, you know, compared to before with my first, it was, oh, well, I can't go out anywhere. Like she needs to eat every hour. So how would I like, instead of like thinking, you know, how would it work? I just kind of pushed myself to go out and and see if it worked or, you know, just, just started doing it because I think, I don't want to say wait it too long, but I kind of felt like I wasn't allowed to do those things or, you know, it just wasn't time yet. And I think, you know, when we kind of put a time frame on it, like when is the right time then? Or, you know, when, when do we start turning back to ourselves? And I think, you know, from day one, when baby is out, you need to still be caring for yourself too. It's not flipping automatically all the way to the baby because you're going to burn out and you're going to lose yourself. Exactly. Self-care is definitely needed. It's not selfish and it makes you a better mom because of it, you know? And so I agree, you know, I agree 100%. And kids are, A, they're resilient, so they're going to go wherever you take them. You know, <laughs> They don't have a choice, but hopefully you can also get, you know, some alone time as well, because here's the reality. Even with, you know, my daughter, my nine-year-old, she's back at school today, but she was homesick yesterday, and she was home on Sunday sick, and and she's still, mommy, 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 come and sit next to me, mommy, mommy, can you take me to the bathroom, mommy, you know? And it's like, you are always going to be needed. You are always going to be there for your kids. And it is okay to to take care of yourself. Because honestly, the other thing that I want to mention really quickly is postpartum depression is real, which is part of this mental health, you know, normalizing that we need to do. When your hormones are in whack, and like we said, it's a, the biggest life transition probably you've ever been through, you know, there's a lot of emotions that go along with it. And so practicing self-care and getting the help that you need so that you're taking the best care of yourself inadvertently, then you're taking the best care of your kids as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a good point to really hit on. Yeah. But yeah, so thank you so much, you know, for telling us everything that's been going on with the books and then also your own personal journey of entering motherhood and, and what it's been like for you. Well, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really appreciative. It's been really fun. So thank you. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to add or touch on or how can we, you know, get the book, get in contact with you? How can we reach you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm assuming that underneath this podcast somewhere, you'll have some of the links available. Um, everything is on Amazon and my social media links will be there as well. Um, so definitely make sure you follow. I love hearing from everybody. So please make sure you send me a message as well. And I'm happy to help any way that I can. Awesome. Yeah, I will definitely make sure to link everything in the show notes. So if you want to, you know, check out all the books and as more books come out, I'll try to, you know, update the show notes and everything so the episode stays uh, relevant. So, you know, I'll make sure to put all that in there. Well, thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it. Congratulations on your new baby. I know you're you're in the weeds and the trenches of it all. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's going. That's all I can say. <laughs> We're progressing and moving further. There you go. That's that's one day at a time, one step yeah. at a time, one hour at a time. Whatever is needed, your kids are healthy and they're safe, and that's the most important thing.
Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood.